All right, it's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Morning, Keith. Good morning. Okay, let's talk about yesterday, the resignation of Melanie Mark. And boy, this a blistering uh, speech in the legislature, yeah. she resigns. Never heard anything like that before. Um, really, I mean, Melanie Mark's an amazing story. I mean, she's been through a lot through her life. Very troubled upbringing. Um, but major accomplishments. First Indigenous woman in cabinet in B.C. history. Uh, but her speech, I think, caught a lot of people off guard as she really um, talked about the chamber, the legislature being a torture chamber. Let's, let's listen to that. So here she is speaking yesterday in the legislature's NDP cabinet minister, Melanie Mark, yesterday. This place felt like a torture chamber. I will not miss the character assassination. Okay, so I'm listening to that and I was like, wow. I mean, I don't think I'd ever heard anything like that either. No. And then I was wondering, what was the what character assassination is she talking about, though? Because I don't really recall um, character assassination. Yeah, I don't recall either. She did bring up that she thought the criticism went her way when she was tourism minister over the whole cruise ship industry was unwarranted. I'm not sure that was character assassination, but there was criticism. And she said, look, it was a federal responsibility. It really had nothing to do with the province. She talked about the museum. Well, that was the big one where she was really in the spotlight. It was, but John Horgan took that on uh, as defending that. And she made it clear, this whole idea of the museum wasn't Melanie Mark's idea. It was in her mandate letter from the premier. Yeah. So it was really John Horgan's office idea to do something with the museum. It wasn't her. And I think she, you know, she was was heavily criticized at the beginning of that process. But then over very quickly, John Horgan became the the fall guy for that by his own admission. He yeah. he decided to defend what was going on with the museum, not Melanie Mark. Yeah. But, but it was interesting. She had a post-speech scrum yeah. outside the chamber, and it was interesting how many MLAs came to watch that yeah. because it was also in their criticism of the opposition yeah. as the opposition looked on. It was, it was rem- reminiscent of Bill Bennett, the former energy minister under Gordon Campbell, who had this famous scrum in the library were the day he was kicked out of the caucus. Yes. And when word went around what he was talking about, the number of people who showed up at that scrum, not not members of the media, just people who worked in the building and MLAs came to watch that. (laughs) Similarly, what happened yesterday with Melanie Mark's scrum, suddenly I looked around the little room we were in or the the lobby outside the house, suddenly was filled with a number of MLAs who had come out of the chamber to watch and listen. Let's listen to a little bit of it. So here it is. Here she is, Melanie Mark, yesterday in that scrum outside the legislature. I'm a highly intelligent person, extremely intelligent, actually. And I'm proud of that, and it made me a good advocate. But the nastiness from white men in here is awful. I put up with enough abuse in my life. She talks about, like, abuse by white men in here, and I thought... Is she talking about liberal MLAs who have said things to her? Well, she talked about the opposition. She uh, talked about the media. Yeah. She thought the media was very unfair. Um, so, but not, nothing really specific. But it was, yeah. uh, it was a very interesting. See, a lot moment. of it, I think, probably goes back to the experience with the museum because the museum story was so controversial and she was the lead minister on it and she took a lot of heat. And the government ended up backing down on it, I think mm-hmm. rightly so, yep. because there was a public backlash, this idea of a billion-dollar museum in the middle of a recession and everything else. 
and and of course, you know, there's a bit, some bare knuckle politics going on in this kind of stuff. But if you recall, but, if, but you know, was she was she subjected to you know a, a character assassination as a well, result? I mean, if you recall the opposition attacked that project. Yeah, understandably, but they attacked it through Horgan. They actually came up with a poster of John Horgan. Uh, uh, advertising his new museum idea. It wasn't about yeah. Melanie Mark. It was about John Horgan. Yeah. But she obviously felt that she was unfairly uh, disparaged I mean, I guess over she, that issue. Yeah, and I can sort of understand that. But at the end of the day, like that mess should rightfully be in Horgan's lap because, you know, she well, was the lead minister on it, but the buck stops with him on that. As Melanie pointed out yesterday, in, it wasn't her idea. It was in yeah. her mandate letter from yeah. the Premier's office. This is We want you to do this with the museum. So it, the idea did not start with Melanie Mark. It started yeah. with the Premier's office, thrust upon her as the tourism minister to get this done. And she had, you know, and as a result, when it blew up, it blew up on her. One thing I think people should keep in mind is, as they listened to this today and yesterday was that she has gone through a lo- incredible personal pain and trauma. Like I've, trauma. I've talked to her and I know you have too. And she's been very open about the, she had suffered like sexual and physical abuse as a mm-hmm. child. Okay. Yep. So when she was five years old, abused by family members, she, I remember her telling me at one point after she had been like sexually abused, she actually lit her, lit her own bed on fire. Mm-hmm. Um, no, she you know, this is like she's been very, very open about this un- incredibly painful. And when she was telling me about this at one time, I was like, oh, my God, like I had no idea that mm-hmm. she had gone through this stuff. And what she has accomplished as after in the aftermath of that is actually quite incredible. But I think people should keep in mind this is someone who's gone through some inc- a incredible lot of trauma, trauma, an incredible life story yeah. um, <clears throat> to get to where she uh, got, which is to be at in the executive council yeah. is quite remarkable given where she came from. So it's, she a, also it's a remarkable just, life story. She also talked yesterday about she'd recently been diagnosed with ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, no, that, and, uh, um, yeah, no, it's, it was a remarkable day yesterday Yeah, w- witnessing this. And uh, as I say, she's got a remarkable life story here and she decided that for Whatever reasons, um, that was enough. She didn't want. Yeah. But it was interesting her her characterization of the legislature. Not the first time people have had an issue with how the Westminster system of government works, which is an adversarial chamber, where there is, you know, I remember long time, long ago, NDP MLA Darlene Marzari from the NDP talked about this being a testosterone-driven place at the expense of women. So this has been flagged before as an issue. It is a adversarial chamber. There are um, people yelling at each other. It's an, it can be intimidating. Uh, and Melanie Mark called that out yesterday again, that this is not the proper way to debate. Yeah, she said she had been called a bitch and she'd been called names. Um, and if you talk to any woman who's been in politics in this province, they, they will tell you about the, some of the nasty stuff they've experienced. I remember talking when... Remember when uh, Joy McPhail and, and Jenny Kwan were the only two yep. NDP MLAs in the whole place? Every other MLA was a liberal. Man, they took a lot. And I remember, well, I remember, I remember Joy McPhail. I remember Joy telling me she used to hold hands under the desk with Jenny yep. to get <laughs> to get through it. So. But I'll tell you, I've never seen someone like Joy McPhail basically stand down 77 <laughs> largely male caucus yeah. who were more intimidated by her yeah. than she was by them. 
It was yeah, quite yeah, a remarkable yeah. performance by Joy McPhail. One again, because Jenny was on maternity leave, if you recall, for a, a yes. couple of years there. It was Joy yes. against everyone, and she held her own, more than held her own. She actually, you know, I think they, a lot of liberals were afraid of her. Uh, yeah, I know. I agree with you. But you, it, it is kind of this, um, it, it can be a very nasty kind of political well, culture at times. Yep. It, very it, it much can be so. Like especially for chamber, women, you know. And it can be like that in the hallway. Yeah. And there can be some pretty tense scrums. Yeah. I remember Penny Pretty, a former NDP cabinet minister, really having a problem with suddenly having a sea of TV lights in front of her and people yelling questions. And, you know, what person would find that to be a comfortable situation, a lot of male people would, or female? A lot of people would say, though, that, you know, a lot of the desk pounding, shouting, cat calls, you know, heckling that goes on. You know, sometimes you look up in the in the in the public gallery in the legislature, you see all these little kids there visiting yeah. from schools. And you think, like, whoa, going, whoa, how if come they, they're behaving like we're not supposed to be? Yeah, saved? if they acted like that in school, they'd be sent yeah, to the principal's I, I, office. I often tell that people looking on a class of grade threes, which usually is parked right next to where I sit, yeah. and they're looking on wide-eyed as people basically lose their minds on the floor of the gym, yeah. adults. And when you talk to politicians about that, like, what is, what's up with that? Well, a lot of, they say, well, it's, it's theater, it's theater, it's, theater. theater. it's, uh, it's exaggerated. It's, um, it's part of this and sort it's, of it's tradition. It's part of the thing. tradition that goes to, back to the Westminster model. R- right. Which, listen, fact, listen to the House of Commons in the UK. It's in similar. fact, the official, on the website of the House of Commons in London, it does talk about heckling being part of the tradition. Yeah. You know, this came up with Daryl Plekis when he was speaker. He wanted to get rid of heckling and that sort of thing. And it yeah. was saying, well... That's part of the system. But should it be? Maybe people have a different view of that. Real quickly here, we spent a lot of time on that one. I think rightly so, though. Um, Joe Biden here, uh, you know, the one-year anniversary mm-hmm. of uh, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And we had that uh, speech by Putin this week who announced he's pulling out of a nuclear treaty. and uh, More of a rant than a speech. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of a little disturbing here is here is biden saying he's not backing down talking to defend defend every inch of nato have a listen article five is a sacred commitment the united states has made we will defend literally every inch of nato every inch of nato article five is if there's one if there's an attack on one member of nato it's an attack, attack on everybody on our, attack on everyone yeah it's unfortunate the sort of the warmongering from both sides seems to be amping up a bit but uh, putin's speech was um troubling i think because it was a yeah. bit of conspiratorial paranoia on display there and now he's you know things are not going his way one year later mm-hmm. we've got a special on global by the way exactly when it is but it's one year anniversary um was mm. talking to some of the people who've covered that conflict for our network over the past year Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. Heather in North Vancouver. Hi, Heather. Go ahead. Good morning. Um, I'm absolutely disgusted with how they have treated Melanie Mart. Um, I taught Melanie in grade 10 back in the late 80s uh, in North Van. And she was probably one of the brightest students, uh, one of the she, uh, incredibly strong girl incredibly strong she was i believe she was in foster care at the time um and she the school that i taught at was an alternative school and there were a lot of very very tough kids there but boy melanie could hold her own and she had those boys roped into line like nobody's business and i was so proud when when she got elected because i thought we knew back then 
that she was going somewhere. She was just a great kid, a really great kid, regardless of her, her circumstances. Heather, I'm really glad you called. Were you aware of like the trauma that she had suffered in her life as a child? Yes, I was. Yeah, yeah. That particular school, we had a lot of kids who, who came from very traumatic backgrounds, um, who were a lot were in foster care. Some had been in jail, were on probation. She wow. really did not fit into that school, and she was only there a year because she she was uh, her moral code was far greater than a lot of the kids that we taught. Yeah, Dan. What did you think about her resigning? Like you mentioned that you know you found her to be very tough, resilient. Did it surprise you to see her saying that she's getting out of politics here now? It, it did surprise me. I actually, when I watched it last night, I had tears in my eyes because I thought it must have been really bad for her to resign because given everything she'd been through and the type of teenager that I knew she was, uh, I, I would. I would have expected that she could tough it out. So obviously not. Yeah. And it's sad. It's very sad because she was, is a real role model for a lot of young indigenous girls uh, to see how far they can go. Thank you. For, <laughs> well, thank you for calling. Melanie yesterday said she hopes it's her wish that uh, the NDP finds a, a female indigenous candidate. To replace her uh, to run in the next by-election. I mean, that's the safest seat for the NDP in the entire province. That's one of the one of only two seats the NDP held on in the. This is the downtown east side we're talking here, right? Yeah, and, and it's included in that riding. Included. It's not just the downtown east right. side, but it was one of two seats the NDP held on in two thousand one when the party was basically wiped yes. off the electoral. It's map. probably the these number one safe seat for the NDP. Historically, I did a piece on Global last night point, showing the voting. Uh, record. So yeah. not, it was created in 1991. First MLA there was Mike Harcourt. Oh. Uh, then uh, then Jenny Kwan yeah. for a number of years, then Melanie Mark. And, right. and the average uh, vote the NDP candidate gets there is about 65%. So if she, had, so if she had not resigned, she would be easily reelected. Oh, it was there. a seat for yeah. life. Yeah, basically. right. Um, George in Nanaimo. Hi, George. Go ahead. Hello, I don't want to sound too mean-spirited, but it's quite frustrating. You know, um, they gave her the safest seat so she could be elected. Everything was pretty much given to her on a silver platter in terms of being an MLA. They all want the equality. They all want to be in there with the big boys and all that, and then things get tough, and then they complain. I just don't understand it. If you can't play with the big boys, don't show up. Well, we don't know everything's going no. on in her life, too, though. Exactly. I'm no. not, not going to second-guess her on that front. Yeah. And again, one of the points she made was, really, do, is this what it's all about, is getting in with the big boys and duking it out all the time? Is that really what the system's supposed to be about? And she challenged that. Mike and Surrey. Mike, you got 30 seconds. 30 seconds. Real quick on Melody Marks, the fact that I did not know she was Indigenous raises the bar for her quite a bit. I'm very impressed with her. The parliamentary system we have is such that it's so frustrating. Somebody stands up, asks a question, never gets an answer. You've never heard anybody give an answer, whether it's in Parliament in, in Ottawa, whether it's Parliament here, or legislature here, or in the Congress in the U.S. That's got to be so frustrating. There's no one of these guys heckling and go crazy. It would be nice <laughs> to see somebody give us a straight answer once in a while. You know. Thanks. Thank you, Mike. Well, the old joke is they call it question period and not answer period. Yeah, right. right? So that's, and again, that's also part of this. But, you know, if you parse through some of the language, often answers are given. 
uh, yeah. just not all the time. As they say, one of the points we made earlier, a lot of this is about theater. Yeah. And some of it is bad theater. <laughs> right. Thank you, Keith.